0: You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor George Willis, which is from the sermon series, Who is Jesus? For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Here's what I want to do today. Uh, and I, I know this is this is an issue... Um, in our world today, not not just in the world, but also in the church, which is a little more concerning to me, that there are some, and this is the issue, that there are some who know of Jesus, but they really don't know Jesus. There are some of us in this room today watching online, who may know of Jesus, but we're, we may be struggling to really know Jesus. And there, there's, a, there's a difference. A difference between knowing of and really knowing Jesus. Today we're kicking off a four-week message series called Who Is Jesus? In this message series, uh, we're going to allow Jesus to answer that very question himself. Now you may or may not know, but to help us understand, we're gonna look at just four of the seven I am statements and you're gonna be like, why PG just four? I'll tell you why, because we only have four weeks until Easter. (laughs) And I think the way Jesus represents himself through the four we're gonna look at will be sufficient in giving us a better idea of who he really is and what he means to us, So how many of the seven I am statements are we going through? Four. You're paying attention. That's good. We're going to look at uh, four of the seven statements and these seven statements actually kind of blew the minds of those who heard Jesus make these statements. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the gate or door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And what we're going to celebrate on Easter weekend is I am the resurrection where we get to have baptisms. I'm super pumped about baptisms. I mean, there's very few things that get me super, well, a lot of things get me excited. It's just my face doesn't show it. But one of them is baptisms baptisms, when people make the the public declaration of what God is doing on the inside of their life and saying, I don't care who hears it. I'm going to shout it out to the world that I am committed to my Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to identify with his death and his burial and his resurrection. If you haven't been baptized and you've been walking with Christ for some time, now's the time to do it. If you just accepted Christ you don't have to wait 10 years until you get all your junk cleaned up. You can jump in right away. If you were baptized as a baby, but you come into this, your, your own relationship with Jesus and, it, and you understand what it means and, and you're feeling compelled to maybe go, yeah, maybe it's time because I can understand what Jesus really did for me that I make a decision as an adult to be baptized. Sign up do it and there's no better day to do it than on Easter weekend. When we celebrate dead things coming back to life. We celebrate the resurrection. So, but today possibly one of the most important I am statements that Jesus makes, I want you to take a look with me at the big Bible in the sky. It says this. It says, "I am the vine, you are the branches." If you remain in me and I in you, read it out loud, church. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, what? You can, do you can do nothing. That right there is a pretty dramatic statement. I mean, if, if you think about it. You know, when Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. And when you give context to that statement as to when it was said and who was listening to it, it begins to take on a whole new level of significance. And this morning, I want to dig in a little bit. I want to dig into that statement in John 15, and this subject is super important, super important, because if you know the book of John, which I highly encourage you to read it when you have an opportunity, now's a good time, especially around Easter, to read the gospel of John. You will see in John 13 that it was the last supper. It was the last meal that Jesus was having with his disciples, his closest friends, before he was arrested And crucified. Then in John chapter fifteen, we 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 see here where Jesus saying, "I am the vine." And then in John chapter eighteen, we see Jesus being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And and then so if you if you look at those four chapter or three chapters, you see we have John thirteen, we have the Last Supper, John eighteen, we have Jesus being arrested in the Garden. And in between those two chapters, you know what we have. We have a dinner party. We have a a dinner conversation taking place. We have Jesus hanging out with his friends. It was the last meal that Jesus was going to have with his disciples. And here's what I want to ask you. Let me ask you a question and think about this for a second. If I sat you around a table with some of your closest friends and family, And and I told you that this would be the last time you would get to say anything to them before you die. Would you put some significant thought into what you were going to say to them? Would you think twice about the words that were going to come out of your mouth? I mean, what would you say? What are you going to say? What would you want them to know? I mean, would you want them to know how you feel about them? Maybe, maybe you want to share some life lessons that you learned and you want to pass it off to them. What would you say? This is a context that we see Jesus say, I am the vine, you are the branches. if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. It's very important. Why is this so important? Well, John 15:1 says, "I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener, which would imply if there's a true vine, there's probably some false vines as well. And they're not just false vines, but they're false vines that we can ultimately connect ourselves to. There are two types of vines, true vines and false vines. And we, are, we attach ourselves to false vines sometimes. Let me, let me bring this a little closer to home, like this. Maybe some of us are attaching ourselves to the vine of success, right? A better job, more money. You know, moving up a rung on the corporate ladder, that's fruit, right? Jesus says no. That's not being fruitful. Maybe it's social status. Maybe it's the number of likes on our post. Maybe... Maybe it's family, and, and we attach ourselves to family and, and making sure that our family has all of our stuff, you know, we appear to have of our, all our stuff together. Maybe we're attaching ourselves to that kind of vine. I mean, on the outside, we look pretty awesome, but inside the house, it's in shambles. I mean, these things don't produce fruit. So what does produce fruit? If you're taking notes, write this down. Staying connected produces fruit. Staying connected produces fruit. We're going to go over this verse over and over again. Why? Because I want this verse to take up residence inside of your head and find its way into your heart. So it it infects you and affects you in your everyday walking around life. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Not just any kind of fruit we're talking about here. It's not just any kind of fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? You will see in one second. I'm going to tell you what it is. You probably know it if you've been in Sunday school at all at some point in your life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I mean, who wants some of that? Come on. Anybody? Patience, kindness, goodness. Everybody say faithfulness. faithfulness. Gentleness and self-control. Faithfulness. That's the kind of fruit that Jesus says we will produce. It's not social status. It's not more money. It's not a lot of stuff. It's not a better car, a bigger house, the best fits or kicks. It's love. It's patience. It's kindness. Self-control. It's joy. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. It's gentleness. That's the kind of fruit we're going to produce. Many of you know that I was on staff here uh, some time ago, a couple years ago. And while I was on staff, uh, my wife and I were called to plant Generations Church in a far off pagan land called Pleasant Hill, California. (laughs) And we were obedient to God's call. But when God first called us, and I'm listening to God, and, and He's like, "Hey George, here's what I want you to do." I'm like, "Oh, I'm already at capacity. I'm or you know, I, my plate is already full." Am I just preaching to myself, or can anybody relate to that? I got a lot of irons in the fire. I'm at capacity already, I have multiple responsibilities. I was on staff here, uh, working my tail off, I was growing a, a thriving youth group. Uh, I had an amazing young daughter, Munch if you're watching. <laughs> I had an amazing young daughter, I was overseeing a vibrant worship ministry. I mean, things were happening, God was moving and I was busy and I'm sitting there going, God, you want me to what? You want me, did I hear you correctly? You want, me, you want me to start a new church with everything else I got going on. You want me to do this? I mean, if you ask me, God, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't have that kind of time to do that. I mean, that's something we all can relate to, Right? What I was doing is I was offering God a lot of excuses. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy already. Where am I going to squeeze that into my schedule? I was offering God a lot of excuses. But, you know, the reality is it wasn't like God was surprised by all that. He wasn't like, oh, sorry, gee, my bad. I didn't realize how busy you were. I forgot you were in full-time ministry. Forgot you were doing youth teaching and your worship How? Wow, listen, you snuck that up on me. God doesn't, that's, that's not what God does. God's not surprised by all of it. Matter of fact, here's what I think God, is. God who do you think, George, gave you the ability to do all of that? Who who do you think gave you the ability and the opportunity to do who do you think authored all of this? Of course I know what's going on, says God. He's not but surprised by it. I was reminded of there's this chapter in Numbers, and if, you're in Sunday, if you've been in Sunday school, you know the story of Moses and the Israelites. Moses led the Israelites out of the desert, and they were complaining because they wanted meat. Here they've been brought out of captivity, and it's not good enough. We want meat. What you're providing isn't good enough for us. Moses is like, well, okay, Really? And God was like, okay, I'm going to give you meat. I'm going to give you what you want. I'll give you so much meat, it's going to make you sick. And Moses was like, hey, God, okay, I hear what you're saying, but we're in the desert. There's not exactly a lot of meat sources around, if you haven't noticed. You know what Moses was doing? He was doing what I was doing, he was offering God an excuse. He was making excuses, kind of like I was. And God says, Moses, if you read in the chapter, it says, Moses, my arm, you know, has my arm lost its power? You really think my arm's too short? And then what happens, little by little, this fruit begins to form and it's called faithfulness. Because it's like God was speaking directly to some of us who tend to make excuses for what we know we should be doing, what God calls us to do, what God's gifted us to do, but we make excuses. I don't have time. I can't do that. And it's like he's saying, George, or insert your name, is my arm too short? Has its lots its power? And then at some point we go, okay, God, I totally get it. And I realize what you're doing and I resolve by, by no means is your arm too short for you are the all powerful, all providing God. And little by little, this fruit begins to form called faithfulness and it begins to appear in your life. And it's, it's like, as it forms, it's like God is beginning to do something in your life supernaturally. Maybe you find yourself there. You find yourself staying connected to the vine, but there doesn't seem to be any fruit being produced. You're praying for a friend for a long time, and nothing's happening. God, please heal her. God, please, please heal her. God, restore his marriage. And you're praying, and you're praying, and praying, but God's not. You know, nothing's happening. You're like, God, what is up with that? Where is this fruit? Maybe you have an anger problem that you just can't quite overcome. You're mad at everything and everything sets you off. Maybe you have a lust problem. Maybe you have a lust problem and you really want it gone, but you can't seem to get over it. And you're saying, God, I'm, I'm trying to stay connected to the vine, but where is the fruit? Here's the deal. Jesus said, if you remain, say remain. Remain. Turn to your neighbor and say remain. Remain. In me and I in you, what will happen? You will bear much fruit. It's not complicated. That means there's a 100% chance there will be fruit in this deal. If you remain in me and I in you. You may not, you know, it, it, I'm not saying you may bear fruit. You will bear much fruit. But we have to remain. Remain in the midst of our friends walking away. Especially in high school, right? Man, you, you say, I, I love Jesus. I, fo- I love you. I love Jesus. I love God. And I follow Jesus you run the risk of somebody making fun of you. That's the reality. But if we remain in him, in the midst of our friends walking away, in the midst of of, of people making fun of us or disconnecting with us, and we, we continue to pray for them. We continue to pray. When we're on one with anger, we continue to pray, remain in him. We remain in his words, and, and when we do, we will bear much fruit. We have to stay connected to the vine. It's critical for us to bear, uh, it's it's critical for us to bear fruit. We have to stay connected to the vine. Staying connected produces. Fruit. Then comes the end of the verse, which is obviously true. Being disconnected from the vine produces nothing. He says in John 15:5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. <laughs> Not only that, verse six, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Not the result we would welcome if we were that branch, right? When we are not connected, it produces nothing. And what can happen? When we, when you and I disconnect when we disconnect, we can begin to look upon other people and, uh, and all kinds of things to find ourselves to connect to. And not only that, we can find ourselves in this judgmental state. How many ever looked at something and said, man, I'm never going to do that. You'll never find me doing that. I mean, if we're honest, that's all of us in some way, shape or form, Right? we're judging what someone else said. I'm never going to do that. For example, uh, many of you know Brian and Jeanette Blomquist. Super, (laughs) I'm still arguing with God of why, why my friend Brian's not here. Brian came to our church, and I was a youth pastor and the worship pastor on staff here, and we, we hit it off right away. And we, we were like best friends, and he was on youth staff, and you know he did sound for the worship team. And early on in our relationship, I kept seeing this dude show up with a sippy cup. That's what he called it. It was like this cup that had a straw out of it. And he always had like some diet soda in it. And he'd come walking down the street to church before service to do sound. He has his two liter of of, of soda in one arm and he has his sippy cup in the other arm. Grown man sipping from a straw in a sippy cup. I'm like, bro, you got to give me your man card. This ain't working. And then fast forward to my wife's 20th, my wife's, (laughs) our 20th anniversary. That'd be weird if it was your 20th anniversary. (laughs) Fast forward to our 20th anniversary. Brian and Jeanette uh, graciously, generously invited us along for our 20-year anniversary to go to Hawaii with them. And, and, And they got this villa. And not to my surprise, both Brian and Jeanette showed up with their sippy cups. And I'm like, dude, you're still doing this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And at some point during this trip, and and Kristen, you probably remember this, in the midst of making fun, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? What is it? Because it was a new kind of sippy cup. And he's all, dude, these are amazing. You got to try this. Like, no, no thanks. I'm I'm not going to. No, it's not for me. No, you gotta try this. You gotta try this. They're amazing. You put, you put ice in it and water, and, it, and the ice stays cold and cold, the, or the ice I stays frozen, and the water stays cold for like 24 hours, man. This thing's insulated. It, and I'm like, it's a sippy cup on steroids. I get it. But I'm not doing it. It's like, you have to try it. You have to. And they're convenient as all get out, they're easy to carry. And you know what it was? (laughs) So here's what we did. I said, okay, I'll try it. We went to the store that night in Hawaii. And we we went to this grocery store, and they were selling these things called hydro flasks. And I reluctantly, I think we bought one. And I'm like, okay, we'll try it. First night, first morning, I'm like, this thing's amazing. (laughs) This is the greatest thing since sliced bread, which I don't know why people say that because I didn't know sliced bread was amazing, but this thing is amazing. And this is actually my, my, my hydro flask. And I think the next day we went out and bought you one. And not only did we buy her one, we went to another store and we got those fancy, like neoprene skins to put on this to protect our, our brand new hydro flask. We were all in. And this is something that I made fun of Brian about. I'd never do that. That's weird. Grown man drinking from a sippy cup. (laughs) These things are pretty amazing. How many of you guys have a hydro flask or something like it? Probably all of us. And not only did my wife and I get one, we got our daughter one. I mean, we, we went all out, tried different lids, uh, and they go everywhere with us. If you see my wife, you'll see her gray hydro flask. Usually, up with, she's drinking from it right now. <laughs> Listen, we can look on and we can find ourselves making judgments, right? Making judgments, you know, and, and all, but then we find ourselves right, right, Right there in the midst of that kind of thing that we're judging someone else for. I know it seems kind of silly, but that's what we do. For instance, we say, I'm never going to have an affair like so-and-so did. Then what do we do? We find ourselves right up in the midst of one. How would I get here? Or parents, how about this? My kid's never going to act like that. (laughs) Or I'm never going to put my job before my family like so-and-so does. That dude's a workaholic. And next thing you know, your daughter pulls up on a bike in the driveway and you don't remember teaching her how to ride one. True story. You're like, man, how did I get here? How did this happen? What's going on? The truth is this, that anybody is capable of anything when you're disconnected from the vine. Everyone, you, me, anyone on the worship team that sang songs before I started to speak, the person on your right and on your left, you are capable of anything when you are disconnected from the vine. Anything. We need to stay connected. And that's important. But how do we stay connected to the vine? And I want to give you a little caveat here. Because there are a lot of different ways to stay connected. Prayer. Prayer is uh, uh, one way to stay connected. God's words, another way to stay connected. Coming to Creekside Church on Sunday on a regular basis is one way to stay connected. Watching online is another way to stay connected. Singing some worship songs, that's another way to stay connected. Coffee with a friend. Maybe a friend that you have that speaks into your life, that encourages you and challenges you, and dare I say, holds you accountable a little bit. Right? Maybe it's a sunset in the distance. There are a lot of different ways that we can stay connected to the vine. The problem is that many times we lack the motivation to do so. I want to look at what God says fundamentally to get us to stay connected. It it looks something like this. And if you're taking notes, it's going to be an easy one to write down. The first one is this do what God says. Do what God says. John 15, 10. If you, what? Keep my commands, you will remain in my love. There's a dude named Francis Chan, and I saw this video some time ago. And he illustrates this very thing, doing what God says. And, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase his story. But he says, when my daughter comes to me and I say, go clean your room, she she knows better. She's not going to come back to me a couple of hours later and say to me, hey, dad, I memorized what you said. You said, go clean your room. And what am I going to say? Oh, good job. That's what I wanted her to do, to memorize what I asked her to do. No, said any dad ever. And she's not going to come to me and say, dad, Guess what? I can say, go clean your room in Greek. Listen. That's not going to fly. And she's not going to say to me, Dad, my, my friends and I are going to gather together every week and we're going to really study what it would look like if I went and cleaned my room. <laughs> now, that's not going to fly either. Just go clean your room. She knows so why do we think this kind of thinking and talk is going to work with Jesus? I think that many of us just need to simply clean our room. God's been honest about it for a long time. He, he, he's even confirmed it through his word. People have been telling you this over and over. You know what? Listen, man. You should do this or you should do that. I can see it in you. God's moving in you. You're gifted. You can do this. And I believe God's just sitting there saying, Listen, dude, quit talking about it. Be about it. You can only dissect it and study and research it so much. Be about it. Stop praying about it. How many times do I need to confirm this in your life? Do it. How many times has a pastor asked, hey, you would be awesome on our Creekside Kids team. I blame Dustin for that. Dustin, I've equated it to like a 1990s teal Honda Accord with tan interior. The Z doesn't work anymore. It's Creekside Kids. Z. Hey, you'd be great working. I don't know why I'm messing with you, Gregory, but you know you're you're a pro. You'd be great on our youth team. You'd be great on on Team Creekside and serving on our guest services team. So you know. We need more help, so let's be about it. Let's get on it. Uh, Well, hey, listen. uh, PG, you don't know what I do and how busy I am, but listen, I'll pray about it. (laughs) Let's be honest. Many of us said that to someone who asked us to help out. Uh, You know what? Okay, I'll pray about it. Let me pray on it. You know what God is saying? Hey, Dave. Stop praying about it. Just clean your room. Go do it. You can pay me later. Just do it. Stop praying about it. Stop talking about it. Just do it. Join the Creekside Kids team. There are kids who need your love that God's placed inside of you. He's already confirmed it. You're gifted to do it. Just do it. Maybe you need to spend more time with your kids and invest in, invest in them before they're gone. We only have 18 summers with our kids, parents. God's saying, clean your room, invest in your family, invest in your kids, the kids that he's given to you. Maybe God's put on your heart to be a little bit more selfless and a little more Generous. God's saying, clean your room. You can do this. You've got this, because I've got you. Come on, we gotta do what Jesus tells us to do. That's what sets us apart from the rest of the world. We do what Jesus tells us to do. You wanna stay connected to this vine and do what Jesus says, because he says, if you, come on, say it loudly, keep my commands, you will remain in my love. The second is this, it's simple. It's simple. But we're going to take it up. A, we're going to kick it up a notch. This is where Jesus, you know, takes it up a little bit. He says this: not only do what Jesus says, but love like Jesus loves. He says, "My command is this: What is his command? Love one another. Love one another as I have loved you." Here's the deal: when we add, when he added the as I loved uh, as I loved you thing it took it up to a whole nother level. Because if he just said to love each other, I I, I think that's kind of subjective, isn't it? That leaves it up to us on how we feel about the other person. But there's not an option. He didn't say that. He said, love as I have loved you. You see, Jesus had an issue with something. His disciples for years have been wondering who was going to be the greatest. They've been talking about it, and over and over again, they just, they really wouldn't shut up about it. And on the way to Jerusalem for the Passover meal, they were arguing, shocking, who's going to be the greatest, and Jesus, Jesus put it down like this. Hey guys, listen, bottom line is, the greatest among you is the one who serves, In other words, the greatest among you is the one who loves. And when they get to dinner, Jesus dons a towel and he washes their feet. He actually shows them what it looks like. And in dramatic fashion, he says over their meal, guys, listen, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. If you want to remain in my love, then keep my commands. Do what I say. And what I'm telling you to do is love each other as I have loved you. And then as we continue on with this scripture, Jesus then says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus just raised a standard way up there, didn't he? I think a lot of times we want the standard lowered so we can feel good about ourselves. It's kind of like you got a basketball hoop that's 12 feet. You can't dunk on it, so you'll say, lower it about five feet. And then you dunk and go, woo, look what I just did. Yeah, you lowered the threshold. You lowered the rim. Love each other as I have loved you. Here's the reason why he did that. He didn't give some long list of things that we had to do or have to do. He just said, you do this. Why? Why? I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Because I, I... not, I, I want the worship team to come up, but I, I also want you to give some thought, some time, and some reverence to this, this question of why. Why did Jesus not rattle off a long, uh, rattle off a, a long list of do's and don'ts? Why did, he, why did he just give us one thing to do, to love each other as he loved us? Why did he do that? Father, I pray that you prepare our hearts and our minds to receive why, you, why Jesus just gave us that one thing. Why did he do that? You know why? Because you and I can't do that. We're incapable of doing that. To love others as, as Jesus has loved us, we're not humanly capable of doing that. I'm incapable of loving you like Jesus loved when I'm disconnected from the vine. It's not in our nature. We just can't do it. But when you are connected, when you are connected, and when you and I stay connected, then all of a sudden, this fruit begins to appear in our life. This fruit is begins to be produced, which drives us back to the vine. It's like a cycle that that completes itself and it continues. I got this little tiny lime tree. Uh, we bought it at Costco. Came in a two-pack. I'm kidding, it's just one. And I put it in this pot and For the first seven, eight months, I'm like, Kristen, I don't know if this thing's going to produce any limes because it just, it, it looks like a twig on a stick. And, and, and (laughs) about three weeks ago, I went out there and you know, it's all over this little twig wrapped around a a stake, a bunch of these little blossoms. And there must be like 150 blossoms on, on this lime tree. And and you know what's coming out of those blossoms? This little shiny green bulbous thing. You know what that is? That's a lime. I really like limes. <laughs> and I'm super pumped. Those limes can't be produced unless the branches are connected to, to, the, to the main trunk that is connected to the roots in the soil with the sun and the water and all of that. You guys are getting the picture. We need to stay connected to the vine in order to produce fruit. We need to stay connected to the vine. For those who know this and you see fruit in your life, Maybe it it, your marriage is better because you stayed, you remained connected to the vine. You remained connected to Jesus, and Jesus was the center of your relationship. Maybe maybe you got to you know students. Maybe you got to lead your parents to Christ because you you stayed and remained connected to the vine. Maybe maybe uh, some of you in in here you're feeling the touch on your heart that this this kind of like you know heart of generosity. Maybe you could be, or you can get your children, you can lead your children to Christ, parents, because you're remaining, you you remain connected to the vine. If you abide in me, if you remain in me, if you abide in me and remain in me, if you stay connected to Jesus, who knows what God can do? And I know that there are many of you sitting in this or standing, sorry, in this room or sitting. You need a breakthrough in some area of your life. You've hit a dead end in some, whether it's your relationship with with someone else or your relationship with Christ, and you, you keep hitting this wall. And you just need to break through because God has something amazing on the other side. All he's saying is, remain in me. Stay connected to the vine. God hasn't moved. All we have to do is turn back around and get back to the vine. We need a breakthrough. We need God to do what only God can do in our lives in some area. Am I speaking truth today? Just spend a moment and we're gonna gonna sing. I know a breakthrough is coming. Where's that verse? Dustin, can we put that back up? That Mm -hmm. chorus. Thanks, my man. I know a breakthrough is coming. By what? What do we see? Do you believe it? When you sing those words, can you say, I actually believe this? I don't understand it, but I believe it. I don't know how but I trust. Can we do that? Or do we have to be in control of everything? Come on. I know a breakthrough is coming by faith. I believe in a, uh, I believe I see by faith. I see a miracle. My God made a promise and now it won't stop now. My unstoppable God. Can we close our time singing that today? And can we commit Say, God, I am reconnecting my life, my heart, my dreams, my desires, my purpose, my hands, my feet, my family, my finances, my home, my stuff, my storage units. I'm, I'm connecting it all to the vine, and I'm saying, God, have your way in me and it. Can we do that today? Because we know that you are a good and faithful God, and, and, and there is you promise us. I think by this time we should be building up so we can sing this thing. Can we, you guys ready to sing? By faith. Here we go.